This podcast is part of the Deluxe Edition Network. To find other great shows on the network, head over to deluxeeditionnetwork.com. That's deluxeeditionnetwork.com. There are some real pieces of shit in the world of metal. So, who is, in fact, the biggest douchebag in metal? Let's find out here in this episode of Metalhead Journeys. Hello, everyone, and welcome into another episode of Metalhead Journeys. I am your host, Rob. Bill is still not here. Bill is currently dealing with some crazy, crazy hectic times at work. So, until further notice, Bill is absent. But that doesn't mean he's gone. He's still here. He's still part of this whole thing. But he's just got a workload right now that is astronomical. So, he's going to focus on that. So, best of luck to you, Bill, if you're listening. Hopefully we can get you back here soon. Today's episode, I wanted to go over some of Metal's biggest douchebags. Now, there have been some names that I know I've heard. I've heard Axl Rose is supposed to be a really big douchebag, and I know that like Phil Ensemble is supposed to be a really big douchebag. So I found a Reddit thread, and I've been kind of breezing through it, and there are some fun stories in here and some fun opinions, and I kind of wanted to, kind of wanted to spitball some of those across you guys and find out who is Metal's biggest douchebag. Very top of the list, the person who created this thread said, Corey Taylor. It seems like every time I go to Blabbermouth, he's running his mouth. Someone should tell his ass to shut the fuck up. I can kind of see that. Corey Taylor definitely does run his mouth. Um, I feel like a lot of that is more so Corey Taylor just speaking his mind. I know he got into it with fans when they were complaining about um, his most recent album. And he pretty much told him, just listen to what we gave you and shut the hell up. And that didn't really go over all that well. But at the same time, I see his point. It's, you're, here's the music that we're making. You guys can either just fucking listen to it, or you guys can go find another band to listen to. How come because this little 500 section person people group on Reddit says that the album sucks... Now I should just go and rewrite the album because of you guys? Like, the band changes their sound. Bands do this all the time. They change their sound. And it's he's pretty much come out and said, run with it or don't be a fan of us anymore. And that's pretty much what it is. It's, it's pick one. Are you just going to keep sitting there and griping and moaning the entire time? Every time they put out an album, oh, God, this album's not like the last one. This album's not like the... Early stuff, the early stuff was way better. They're not going to do the early stuff. Stop wishing for it. I've been in that, I've been in those shoes. I've been down that path. My favorite band, one of my favorite bands, is Asking Alexandria. And they made the best music in their first two albums. Maybe the third. And they just do not do that music anymore. And I really wish they would. But they're not going to. So I've accepted it and just remained a fan of them because I've followed their journey. That is what needs to happen. Or dump them off and go find another band to become your favorite band. But I've been down the road. I know what it feels like. It sucks, but this is just the way it is. You're not going to change them. He's not going to change. He's going to keep doing the music he wants to do. He's going to keep doing the music that's going to make him money. He doesn't give two fucks what you think. And that's what Corey Taylor does. He pretty much just tells you exactly what he's thinking. Now, a lot of people, especially nowadays, don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear exactly what he's thinking. Or even the harsh reality of stuff. They want everything to be sugar-coated for them. 
And Corey Taylor doesn't do that. He's old school with it. So I can see why people label him as a douchebag. I don't really think he is. I think he just speaks his mind and hits people with some facts and reality and truth. And most people are snowflakes and can't really handle it. Okay. So moving on. Next one down that someone talks about is uh, Danzig, apparently. And uh, their story kind of goes, I couldn't agree more. I used to work at a hotel, and his band stayed there. The moniker that he stays under in hotels is El Diablo. And the Spanish girl that put his name in our computer system only put in his name as Diablo and dropped the L part. If you guys are unfamiliar with Spanish, it roughly translates to the devil. And she supposedly dropped the whole the part and just said devil. So the band arrives, checks in, and they start handing out the room itineraries to all the crew. And then suddenly Mr. Douche himself realizes the L has been dropped off his name and starts throwing a girly-ass temper fit. Like he was a baby and someone took his candy. <laughs> Demanding that I print out a new guest list for the entire crew. However, it was funny just seeing how little of a fuck all the rest of the crew gave. None of them waited around for their new ones. After he stormed up to his room and left me alone with just their tour manager, I played dumb with said manager and asked him, Hey, I'm not so up to I'm not so up with music like I used to be. But it's that same Danzig that used to be in the Misfits, right? Fuck that rude ass pretent- pretentious asshole. Seeing him get knocked out by a dude from Northside Kings was such a rewarding sensation. I remember seeing that video. And uh yeah, Danzig folded like a paperback book. <laughs> that was he fell, and fell fast. So, apparently, Danzig is uh, not a fan of you changing his name from the devil to devil. I'm really lost in where that is, uh, where that's a big difference, and where you would want to throw a temper tantrum about that. But Okay, so this next person said, I've met a ton of people at shows. Some could have been having bad days, but my assessment may not be accurate. But my top three biggest assholes are Danzig, there he is again, Yangling Malstein, I hope I hopefully I pronounced that correctly. Lars Ulrich and Dave Mustaine sometimes. Oh, Lars, we'll get to you here in a minute. People I thought would be assholes that weren't. Corey Taylor. Dude was extremely nice and humble, very down to earth. Danny Filth, again, super nice dude. His sister was getting ready to have a kid and he was super excited. Just kept asking me questions about my kids. Even remembered me the next time we spoke on the phone, remembered one of their names. Phil Ensemble. Ran into him a lot when I was working with Steel Panther. He was always very cool, even when drunk. Loves talking to anyone on a variety of subjects from 80s thrash, black metal, to football and boxing. My last interview with him was supposed to be 10 minutes. He kept me on the phone for 75 minutes as he didn't have much to do as a band was late to the studio. Alright, so there you go. Uh, Phil Ensemble was supposed to be a pretty good guy. Danny Filth, never would have thought anything about him or anything negative about him, but apparently, pretty cool guy. And right there, Corey Taylor. Very down to earth, very nice and humble. See, he just likes to run his mouth, but that doesn't make him an asshole. And you had some people actually replying to this one. They said, I agree on all these points. Danny Filth was probably the nicest of the guys you mentioned. Phil shocked me, actually. I thought he was a total douche until we talked. So maybe there was like small, isolated incidents where these people are getting bad raps. This guy said, yeah, Corey Taylor isn't that bad. Slipknot isn't my cup of tea, but they were already huge by the time Schulander was dying. Schulander was dying yet played his benefit concert for free and helped uh, Malevolent Creation out with a few tracks. However, I second for Mustaine. I was in line for a signing at Mayhem Fest in Virginia, and after waiting for almost an hour, most of the way through the line, he decides there will be no signing for anyone who doesn't pre-order his new album. The angry line immediately dissipated. He was also a dick to some of his fans' hecklers in the audience while on stage. 
if you're a heckler, you deserve to get whatever's coming to you. Just saying. So you can't fault him for the heckling one. If he's being a douchebag to a heckler, well, the heckler deserved it, in my opinion. Here's an here's a Lars one. Lars Ulrich makes me want to punch him in his teeth more and more every time I see him in an interview. <laughs> he's just so smug and condescending, and feels he's being feels he's part of the best thing to ever happen to humanity. And this guy went and said, Lars Ulrich, Lars Ulrich all the way can't stand him. Especially when he keeps getting off his drum set to get some glory for of being in Metallica. And this guy said someone should tell him to stay off his drum set forever. Oof. That's a rough one for you. I don't know about all that. He's still a good drummer. This guy said, I saw Metallica back in 91 and had a backstage pass. Ultimate thrill for a 14-year-old headbanger. I was lucky enough to also get seats in a box, so I brought my Garage Days poster with me. Waited around with a bunch of other people for the band to come and say hi. Newstead was fucking awesome. Great guy. Same with Kirk. Both of them shook my hand and made me feel rad. Headfield was big and scary, but nice. All three of them signed the poster and various other things. Lars never came back to meet his fans. So I have three-fourths signed Metallica posters sitting around still to this day. I need, I need to track that ass hat down sometime and get him to sign it. Lars would probably charge you to sign it. <laughs> This guy said three quarters of the Metallica members, but 100% of the talent. Oh, jeez. Wow, I look at this guy. Oh, or perhaps he was tired from doing press interviews. I'm excusing his behavior, just guessing possible explanations. Shut the fuck up. It sounds like he was just being a total douchebag, is what it sounds like. You can't have multiple instances and then just think that it's gonna be, he's going to be Mr. Innocent and whatnot. This guy went on to say Maynard from Tool. I was backstage at their concert. I knew his personal bodyguard for that tour. He told me to stay away from Maynard because he was kind of a dick. Every time I looked over at him, he gave me the what the fuck are you looking at kind of look. And then I asked, can I help you? He was a dick to my buddy backstage. He did lame attempts to get a girl to come back to the bus with him and he failed. On a positive note, traveled with a personal kitchen and chef and the food was amazing. Hey, how do you like that? All right, cool. Good for him. Good for him. This guy said, yeah, I've always felt that Tool makes fun of their fans is a real dick move. Even the name of the band sort of sort of implies that you're wearing their shirt. You're wearing a shirt that says Tool, as in, you are one. That's kind of the first time I've ever heard anything about uh, Tool or Maynard, though. Usually when I think of, like, douchebags, I'm thinking of stuff like Mustaine, Lars Ulrich, um, stuff I've heard in the past, Corey Taylor, Phil Ensemble, even though they've kind of been uh, nullified here as nice people. But, um, yeah, Maynard is definitely not one I think I've ever heard of. I guess everyone's just got their own personal experience. All right, so we've got a little thread here starting for Glenn Benton. Uh, if you guys don't know who Glenn Benton is, he is the lead for Deicide. Uh, Glenn Benton is a flaming fucking racist. Wow. Strong words to start. <laughs> Seriously. In 30 seconds' time, I went from happy to meeting him to trying to keep me from kicking his five foot three ass. And it's a tiny-ass person. Not going to lie. I'm a little surprised at how many people expected Glenn Benton to be a nice fellow and not be on this list. Well, that's fair. I'm interested to hear how your conversation went. Saw them at a show when they were touring for Once Upon the Cross. I was so excited to see them. They sounded good, but Glenn was such an ass on stage, it kind of ruined the show for me. He also pretty much stole the band from the Hoffman Brothers and was notoriously lazy about practicing and getting equipment. Everything I read about him makes me think even more that he's a big baby who only cares about his band as a way to show the world how cool and edgy and evil and satanic he is. 
Like I said, when I met Glenn Bay in a show in London probably 10 years ago, he was rad. Took heaps of time to say hello to everyone. Super cool to us. Australians in the crowd sharing his whiskey. Super cool to us Australians in the crowd, I'm sorry. Sharing his whiskey, letting us take photos, giving autographs, giving us free merch. The Hoffman Bros seemed nice, but were really standoffish, which is probably how I would be around adoring drunks. So, well, like I said, I'm not surprised that all the guys seems like a complete tool. So I'm getting, I'm getting contradictory things here. Is the guy an asshole or is he not? Come on, man, give me a straight answer here. God. Now this person's over here dropping some support. Some of these stories just sound like the person was having a bad day. I do know that touring and always having fans up in your face can take a lot out of you. Try to look at it from their perspective. I can get behind that to an extent. Like the one with Lars, where we've had multiple stories about Lars Ulrich. That's that's not just having a bad day. If you're having multiple instances where you are a douchebag, then you are just, in fact, a douchebag. However, here are some people that... Oh, I'm sorry. However, here are some people that are just huge dicks. Tell them a few, although they've already been said. Yangui Malstein. Remember hearing about that? Dave Mustaine. And Lars Ulrich. And apparently Des Ferrara. Uh, lead singer of Devil Driver. I remember seeing Devil Driver live. I was not impressed. Just saying. Bill, I remember telling me, eh, it wasn't that great of a show. They were on the end of a tour. Blah, 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 blah. I, I, yeah, whatever. Yeah. End of a tour. You, you, you just put on a good show. Come on. I don't give a shit if it's the end of the tour. You should be used to this by now. You've been done tours before. Put on a good show. Now this is where everyone comes in. It's just kind of like, you wouldn't know, Rob. You've never been on a tour. No, but I have gotten very little sleep and then had to do extremely physical labor before. So I know the tired thing, but um, I still did what I had to do. So. Oh, but it wasn't singing for two hour sets. Oh my God, shut the hell up. Let's just move on. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to move on. Because I'm imagining this whole scenario in my head. And it probably would never play out like that, but. Alright, there it is. Finally, someone has mentioned Varg. If you guys don't know who Varg is, it is Varg Vikernes, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to go with that, Vikernes. And he is actually uh, founded Burzum and did some, recorded some bass in Mayhem for a little while. But he has a backstory, just real quick. I'm reading a short little blurb. After founding Burzum, he became a part of the early Norwegian black metal scene. In 1992, the along with other members of the scene, were suspected of burning down four Christian churches in Norway. Vikernes denied committing the arsons, though he supported them. In 1992-1993, he recorded bass for Mayhem's debut album. In 1993, Vikernes fatally stabbed Mayhem's guitarist, Euronymous, during an altercation in an apartment. So, he's basically the guy that everyone thinks about when black metal. When you think about church burnings... This is him. When you're thinking about uh, stabbing and killing a guy and like a band member, this is him. This is a guy who pretty much encompasses why black metal is listed as such a dark and horrible thing. When in reality, it's not really that bad. It's, it's almost like 50-50. May even go 60-40. There's plenty of black metal bands out there that are like that and are extremely satanic and stuff like that. But there's also just some nice black metal out there. There's really good black metal out there. Um... But you, uh, you really got to do some research before you do a dive in into black metal. So that's my advice to you. Do your research. But, uh, yeah, of course, he's a hor- horrible human being. Responsible for destruction of property and the death of another person. 
His political views and positions on race are awful, but he seems like a sort of person who you could have a decent conversation with, provided you are not in the minority and don't bring up politics. What drugs are you on, sir? You can go and have a conversation and sit down with Varg. I am doing no such thing. I am anywhere near that man. So this person said that I am a journalist and was given a chance to actually interview Varg. I made every effort to discuss the music. And I asked some thought-provoking personal questions that would clear the air about some things. I made no mention of the murder. These were more philosophical questions and questions about how he personally feels about things. It was an email interview, so when I got my interview question sheet back, I was astonished. Varg deleted all of the thought-provoking questions, every single one of them. So now I just have an interview with him telling me how much he hates Bono and loves The Cure. On that day, I learned what a fucking coward Varg is. Now, never purchase another Burzum album as long as I live. I don't know why he would purchase one to begin with. Ah, I, I can't say that's not fair. I'm sure Burzum was actually a v fairly decent band until all this happened. I'm only holding all of the church burnings and the murder against him. That's why I don't really listen to Burzum. But you never know. Burzum's actual music, looking at personal shit aside and focusing only on the music, Burzum can be pretty good. But I'm just, I just don't have any interest in going into it. I would agree that Varg is a massive cunt. Dropping the C word, huh? But that's a subtle difference from douche. If I ever met him, I would probably have to fuck me. It's fucking Burzum. This is awesome. But uh, after about 30 years... But after about 30s of talking... After about 30s? What? Of talking to him, I can see me another walking... I can see me either walking... What is this guy saying? Okay, I'm not going to read his. His douchery would almost be funny if he weren't a complete Nazi fuck. Intelligent? Maybe. Full of himself? Oh, God, yes. Filled with some of the most repugnant views mankind has seen. Damn straight, piece of shit. Completely. Wow. I think Varv would like it too much if he called him Metal's biggest douchebag. You know what? That's not wrong. That is not wrong. Varg probably would really enjoy it. He'd probably get a kick out of it. I'm a journalist for a pretty big online metal magazine. Congratulations. Don't need to know that. Dave Mustaine takes my list for the number one douchebag in metal. All right, here we go. Dave Mustaine story. I was at a 2010 NAMM show in Anaheim. I'm not 100% sure what that show is. NAMM. Let's find out. Okay, National Association of Music Merchants show. Okay, I actually never heard of that. But, uh, whoopsies. I was so excited to finally meet one of my all-time heroes. Eh, there's a great start to this. I finally got up to him and told him how much his music meant to me, etc. Extended my hand out for a handshake and he looked at me with this soul-crushing, get-the-fuck-away-from-me-you-disgust-me kind of look. Shoved my poster back at me, barely scribbled his name on it, and that was it. Not a single fucking word from him, just that look, and it still haunts me to this day. Wow. Well, that just, uh... Kind of backfired on <laughs> I knew you going in there so... So excited, but you were bound for disappointment. Another major dickwad is Carrie King. I ran into him outside of an Exodus show in Hollywood and went over to tell him what a fan I was, and he scoffed at me. He audibly scoffed and walked away. Again, I was crushed. Boy, you were just not mad. This is the same person, by the way. She's got a couple more in here. This is uh, not, not the best thing. Just stop trying to meet people, because apparently you as a journalist is not going well. They do not like you, apparently. 90% of metal royalty I've ever... 90% of metal royalty I have met 
have been all too kind. But some of these guys have egos that cannot prop be properly satisfied. I cannot read, apparently. Outside of personal experiences, the biggest douche in metal is definitely Corey Taylor. Wow, this is the same person still. He's an asshole with the highest caliber and used the death of Paul Gray to cash the fuck in, gain sympathy, and have a string of successful Euro shows. He's not a good person at all. Wow, using the death of Paul Gray to cash the fuck in. Well, you know what? I mean, there's other bands that do kind of similar stuff to that. I mean, there's a band, big band. They just released an album like a couple of days ago called Suicide Silence. One of the best deathcore vocalists ever in Mitch Luker. And you know what? Suicide Silence with Eddie Hermida sucks. Sucks ass. The only reason anyone goes to any of these shows is because it's got the name Suicide Silence. And it's because Mitch Luker made that band as big as they were. And Eddie Hermida chumps in as the vocalist and is riding the coattails of what Mitch created. So, I get it. Corey Taylor, maybe the Paul Gray thing, but eh, I don't know. But that just happens in music. Something happens. Allison Chains. I don't know who the second vocalist is. I cannot remember his name. After Lance Staley died, Allison Chains kept it going. Why? Because he had already been a popular band, and that guy rode the coattails of him. Now, I'm sure there's going to be plenty of people out there who are going to tell me, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about, blah, blah, blah. Is that That's kind of how it is. That's just how it is. He built the band up, made the name for them, and everyone else just loves the rest of it because of what it used to be. Sorry, it happens many, many times in all of music. That's just the way that it is. So, Corey Taylor being a douchebag for that? Meh. I don't know about all that. Also, like, how would you use the death of Paul Gray to cash in? Like, like you just going around, like, telling people, hey, buy this album because it's the last one that had Paul Gray on it. Or you know, How do you use that to your advantage? I don't... Anyway, moving on. This is the same person, by the way. Another major douchebag is Glenn Barton from DSI. Ah, we already went over him. My friend ran into him after a show in Hollywood and wanted to get a picture with him. Glenn, whoa, that's a big word. Be grudgingly. <sighs> Sorry, high school, public school education right here. <laughs> Obliged. And then when my friend went to ask him for an autograph. He said, there's autographed pictures of me downstairs at the merch booth. Go buy one. And then fucked off. Definitely not cool. Well, he's not wrong. <laughs> it's just a... So you see what's going on here. Tons of douchebag, tons of stories and douchebag. Guys, I cannot sit here and go through all of these. This Reddit thread is... All right, all right, Matt Corey Taylor. He's an awesome dude. Extremely cool guy. All right, there you go. Mustang gets the award in my book, hands down. Bat shit crazy. He's a dick. Right, there you go. I'm getting a lot of Corey Taylor love on this thread thread. But, um, yeah, this thread is absolutely huge. There's all sorts of stories. I just kind of wanted to hit you guys with some of the big ones, some of the first ones here. It's, I mean, it would take forever to go through and read all of these. Well, I've met Mustaine a few times. He's always been great, chatty and casual. Same with the rest of the Megadeth guys. All right, well, there's a positive for Dave Mustaine and a positive point for you, sir. So, yeah, if you guys are interested in this, just type in um, Metal's Biggest Douchebags and, uh, there should be a Reddit thread that pops up, and then go through that Reddit thread. It's got like, oh god, I don't even know how many it's got to it. It's got, uh, let's see here, we'll find out real quick. Uh, conversation has sitting on 285 more comments off that one guy's thing. So there are stories upon stories upon stories in here, and tons of people's opinions. But, 
So I'm to throw it out there. Me personally, I can't see if I've noticed any um, any instances with people being uh, extremely big douchebags. I guess Varg. If you're gonna give them to any, if you're gonna give it to anyone, I, my vote would be for Varg. Um, just what you're doing. You don't have to be a religious person or be a Christian. You can be an agnostic or an atheist, but still know that just some things are just not meant to be in. Burning down a church is not something you do. You don't have to agree with it. You can even just hate churches, but to burn it down? Damn. That's... Yeah. Why would you commit arson like that? And then obviously murder and whatnot. That's that's pretty fucking terrible as well. So yeah, I guess my vote would be for Varg. I'd go for Varg if I had to have a biggest douchebag. I don't know if any of you guys have had any experiences with douchebags. Um, this is one where I should probably do a part two. Find some more of these stories and then um, bring Bill in. Because I know Bill has done tours with bands and whatnot. I'm sure Bill has got plenty of stories of people who have just been complete assholes towards him. Um, so I'm kind of just curious as to see what he would say. But thank you guys so much for listening. Wish I could have kept this episode going, but otherwise it would have ended up being, God knows, an hour and a half long. And we're, we're not looking to do all that. There's no need for all that. All right. Guys, head over to deluxeeditionnetwork.com. It is the den network that we are part of. That network is growing. It is getting bigger. It is getting better. And I love everything about it. And there's tons, tons of great shows over on that network. Go check out those shows and go check out that network. Also, check out metalheadjourneys.com. We got stuff going on. Also, hit up the YouTube. The YouTube for Metalhead Journeys. Um, hit up our socials. If you guys go to the actual website on the front page there, there's links for all the socials and links to the YouTube. Um, YouTube's been doing pretty well. It's been growing pretty steadily, so I'm pretty happy about that. All right, guys. I've rambled on long enough. Hey, Ramble on. That's a good song. Actually, no, it's not. It's a really overplayed song. All right. I've rambled on long enough. See you guys in the next episode. See you guys? Man, maybe. Maybe. This podcast is part of the Deluxe Edition Network. To find other great shows on the network, head over to deluxeeditionnetwork.com. That's deluxeeditionnetwork.com.